0: This is the Bible in When You Express, Day 80. How to Resist Temptation The Sirens were three mysterious women who, according to Hoda's odyssey, lived on an island. Whenever a ship passed, they would stand on the cliffs and sing. Their beautiful song would tempt sailors closer and closer until eventually they were shipwrecked on the rocks below. Odysseus was curious to hear the Sirens' song but well aware of the dangers. He ordered his men to tie him to the mast as they approached the island and then to plug their own ears with beeswax. When Odysseus heard the siren call, he demanded to be untied, but his shipmates bound him tighter, releasing him only when the danger had passed. The story explores the powerful pull we all feel at times to flirt with choices that we know are bad and even destructive. No one can go through life without being tempted. Temptation is not sin. Jesus was without sin, yet he was tempted in every way, just as we are. From Proverbs 7 With persuasive words she led him astray. She seduced him with her smooth talk. All at once he followed her, like a deer stepping into a noose. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Pay attention to what I say. Do not let your heart turn to her ways or stray into her paths. Many are the victims she has brought down. Her slain are a mighty throng. Tempted to Cheat This passage describes the power and dangers of sexual temptation. First, beware persuasive words. Be careful about what you listen to and what you read. With persuasive words, she led him astray. She seduced him with her smooth talk. Second, avoid foolish actions. Thoughts and words lead eventually to actions. All at once he followed her, little knowing it would cost him his life. Third, control straying thoughts. Temptation often starts in our hearts. Do not let your heart turn to her ways the adulteress. Heed this warning. Listen, take these words of mine most seriously. Don't fool around. Don't even stroll through her neighborhood. Following this path is a highway to the grave, leading down to the chambers of death. Lord, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. Guard my heart. Give me discernment and guide my feet. New Testament from Luke 3 and 4 Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for forty days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world, and he said to him, I'll give you all their authority and splendor. It's been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, It is written, Worship. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Tempted over control God allows temptation in your life. As you go through these tests, your faith is strengthened. Jesus knew all about temptation. Jesus was tempted for 40 days. Although it was the devil doing the tempting, God allowed it. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. This period of temptation followed Jesus' powerful experience of the Holy Spirit at his baptism. This sequence of events is common, which is why we warn people on Alpha that they may experience increased temptation after the weekend away, where the focus is on the work and experience of the Holy Spirit. Luke emphasizes Jesus' identity as the Son of God but the temptations that Jesus faced are often similar to the ones we face. All these temptations revolve around control. Control of our appetites, control of our ambitions, and control of our lives. The devil wants to control your life. In contrast, God wants you to know the freedom that comes from being led by the Holy Spirit. First, instant gratification. The devil appeals to Jesus' physical appetite and offers instant gratification, Jesus answers, It is written, People do not live on bread alone. In the long run, instant gratification leads to disillusion, emptiness and despair. Listening to God and building a relationship with Him leads to deep spiritual satisfaction, joy and purpose. Second, selfish ambition. The devil showed Jesus in an instant all the kingdoms of the world He said to him, I'll give you all their authority and splendor if you worship me. It will all be yours. The temptation to accumulate things for ourselves is very powerful. Material prosperity may lead to authority and splendor in this lifetime. But the danger is that financial security becomes our ambition and we put our trust in wealth and not in God. Jesus responded to this temptation by saying, It is written. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Ultimately, there is only one thing that can be totally secure, and that is your relationship with God. This must be your primary ambition. Third, presumptuous power. The devil takes Jesus to the highest point in the temple and says, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. He then quotes the Bible at him, out of context of course. Jesus answered this scripture with scripture. It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. You are called to a life of obedience and service to God. Jesus performed some dramatic miracles during his ministry. In doing so, however, he was obeying God and following the Holy Spirit's leading. This is quite different from testing God and asking him to back you up. Rather than coming up with your own plans and asking God to bless them, seek to find out God's plans and obey his calling. Jesus saw off the devil and his temptations with God's word. He repeatedly said, It is written, and then quoted scriptures that directly answered the devil's lies and temptations. The devil left him. But he only retreated temporally, lying in wait for another opportunity. It's a relief to have periods in life when temptations are not so strong but you can be sure that the devil will try to lure you astray again. Lord, I want to follow the leading of your Holy Spirit. Help me to stay close to you, to know your words, and to resist temptation. Old Testament from Numbers 11-13 to The rabble with them began to crave other food, and again the Israelites started wailing and said, If only we had meat to eat! We remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost, also the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions and garlic. Now we've lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. A young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Joshua, son of Nun, who'd been Moses' assistant since youth, spoke up and said, Moses, my Lord, stop them. But Moses replied, Are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. Now Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. Tempted to Compare Just as Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, the people of God were tempted during their wilderness years. The examples in this passage were written down as warnings to us. First, discontent. God had supplied them with food, but they craved other food. Rather than thanking God for his miraculous provision, they said, if only we had meat to eat. They kept whining and complaining. They were tempted to make comparisons with the old life back in Egypt and turn back to where they'd come from. It's easy to fall into this trap. There is always something to complain about. Yet, if we have eyes to see it, we are constantly surrounded by God's goodness, mercy, forgiveness love and grace. Be content with what you have because God has said, Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. The antidote to discontent is thanksgiving. Cultivate an attitude of gratitude. Second, jealousy. We see an example of jealousy with Miriam and Aaron asking, Has the Lord spoken only through Moses? Hasn't he also spoken through us? When Joshua had been upset by others prophesying in the camp, Moses asked in response, Are you jealous for my sake? The context here is spiritual leadership and gifting. Moses' leadership structure involved a group of three at the center Aaron, Miriam, and Joshua. Then there were the 12 leaders of the 12 tribes of Israel. Then the 70 leaders and officials. This is very similar to Jesus' inner circle of three, the 12 apostles, and then the 72 others. When the Holy Spirit rested on the 70 of Moses, They prophesied. Like Moses, try to avoid the temptation to compare and to be jealous when you see God using other people in a powerful way. Moses recognized that he needed all the help he could get. He replied, I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his Spirit on them. He did not feel he had to be the only one God used. The Lord had said, I will take some of the power of the Spirit that is on you and put it on them. They will share the burden of the people with you so that you will not have to carry it alone. Third, pride. Jealousy comes from comparing ourselves with others and thinking that we are less well off. Pride comes from thinking too much of ourselves, comparing with others and thinking we're better. Moses also resisted the temptation of pride. Pride is the biggest barrier between God and human beings. God loves the humble. As C.S. Lewis put it, true humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Now, Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. Perhaps that's why God used Moses in such a powerful way. Moses was humble, faithful, compassionate, and forgiving. All this stemmed from the very close relationship he had with God, in which God spoke to him intimately in person. With him I speak, face to face. Lord, help me. To resist the temptations of discontent, jealousy and pride help me to be trustworthy, faithful and humble. Pepper adds, I do have a little sympathy for the Israelites, looking at Numbers 11. Manna every day for 40 years does sound a little dull. I have a slightly delicate constitution so I can be a little bit fussy. But I'm sure manna was a superfood and very good for you. And when you're hungry, most things do taste good. Learning contentment and gratitude for what we have is very important.